0: Yeah, I don't think we need to do the the whole like, hey, three, two, ones. It never works, so we'll just do like <laughs> the soft, the soft openings like every single other podcast does. So, Except hello. So
1: well, that was something we were unique with.
0: Yes, not the only thing that makes us stand out, but might be the, the probably track- one I'm most proud of. Yeah, maybe the tractor comments every yeah. episode might make us stand out. I don't think any other podcast can can claim that. Do you think that's
1: original? You
0: think that's kind of trendy? Yeah, I mean Bob Murphy has tried. He's tried. Pretty... He kinda let that go though recently. Yeah, he just hasn't been able to really execute it that well. Well he's not that
1: yeah, whatever. I'll keep yeah. my opinions to myself.
0: Yeah, you better. So yeah. hello everyone, and welcome to episode one hundred and sixty of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is September second, two thousand nineteen. I am Rollo McFlugel and with me is Slappy Jones two. And we are both from McFlugel.com. Show notes page for this episode will be McFlugel.com slash 160. And you'll be able to check out things we talk about as well as uh, buy some awesome uh, Libertarian themed mugs by checking out Liberty mugs. And also, this will be appropriate for this episode, but if you haven't already, go to 10hoursofbitcoin.com. And if you're interested in learning about Bitcoin, that is a an excellent resources resource where you can uh, you know, make a 10-hour commitment broken up over i think 10 10 different kind of modules and you can really 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 get a good understanding of bitcoin so happy di- labor day slappy have you uh worshipped at the altar of unions today
1: yeah well you know we had an extra long weekend so thank you unions for not only my normal weekend but my extra long one this uh this week so thank you very much
0: yeah actually it's kind of appropriate because uh if you haven't figured it out already we're going to be talking about bitcoin a little bit and uh you know everyone wants to thank unions for the uh for the for the the two-day weekend the 40-hour work week but really i would argue it's it's because of uh sound money yeah wealth right yeah people will be able to save their wealth and 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 uh have some capital accumulation to to make their processes better become more efficient and generate more wealth for the world and not have to work every waking minute in order to survive Right, not have to be subsistence farmers and yes. and throw cucumbers at the White House to try to obliterate the state. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, why don't you uh, introduce yeah, our okay. episode? Not, yeah, we're we're gonna get a little bit more specific about a certain topic in Bitcoin. But.
1: Sure. Just talking about money and what is money and how do things become money and why, I guess, we'll go on to say why we think that Bitcoin is, has the best chance of becoming money. Um, and uh, let's get right into it, Rallo. Uh, sure. What is – like how does something – what What are you talking about when you say monetization? Monet- monetiz- how do you say that word? Monetization? Yeah. How, how does something become monetized?
0: Well, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a good idea to maybe take a step back and just talk about why money exists. Right.
1: Um, Like, what's the, like, uh, you know, what's wrong with Federal Reserve notes for that matter? It's money.
0: Yeah. Well, it is money, but it doesn't really do uh, a good job of allowing you to preserve your wealth. But even taking a step further back, like, what is money? It's funny because I think you could, everyone knows what money is, but I think if you just like cut out. Did a man on the street thing and just pulled people to give a, a good definition of money. They probably wouldn't be able to really give give a good answer. They'd so, probably
1: say dollar. They'd probably open, pull out some cash, and say, "This is money."
0: Yeah, it's the things that I, you know, use. You I get it. paid. I get paid in and, and spend spend buy stuff with. with it. Yeah. Right. Uh, but they really wouldn't give you a good definition. So I kind of want to cheat a little bit. And uh, and I've been reading the book uh, Daemoneda by Nicholas Aresme. I think that's how you pronounce it. But definitely pronounced right? Yeah, but it's it's the first treatise on on money that's really that that's really well known. And it was uh I think it was a bishop, Catholic bishop, who who, who wrote about the ethics of money of money production. Uh, <laughs> and iron not ironically, but uh <laughs> Keto Holzman who wrote the, the book, The Ethics of Money Production referred to this book a lot so i figured after reading that I'm like well, oh, i got to read this book too and, and it's really good uh it takes it a little bit different in perspective than you might than, than we might have as libertarians because he kind of takes the prince for granted and have an state, but it still is uh still well worth the read but i want to read uh chapter one chapter one's called why money was invented and it's Let only me-
1: 62 pages yeah,
0: actually, sure. the, the book's not long at all. It's like 90 something pages, and chapters are short. So, because it's 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 an interesting thing because money is kind of the thing that announces to society the rest of society like who brings value. Um, because you have a system where like before money, people were like trading their goods, but you have this issue where you you have to have a coincidence of wants so if slappy makes produces corn and i make shirts and i want and i want corn but slappy doesn't want shirts then i've got to find someone who makes who produces something that that i I think slappy wants and then that i who also wants shirts so it, it creates a lot of unnecessary friction money is this kind of third thing um that is that is only used for exchanging value uh and, allow, uh, and allows, you know, indirect trade to happen. So let, let, me, let me read this. Uh, so here we go. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, he separated the sons of Adam. He set the bounds of the people. Next, men were multiplied on the earth, and possessions were divided to the best advantage. The result of this was that one man had more than he needed of one commodity, while another had little or none of it. And of another commodity, the converse was true. The shepherd had abundance of sheep and wanted bread, the farmer the contrary. One country abounded in one thing and lacked another. Men therefore began to trade by barter. One man gave gave another a sheep for some corn, another gave his labor for bread or wool, and so with other things. And this practice persisted in some states, as Justin tells us, till long afterwards. But as this exchange and transport of commodities gave rise to many inconveniences, Men were subtle enough to devise the use of money to be the instrument for exchanging the natural riches of which themselves minister to human needs. For money is called artificial riches, seeing that a man who abounds in it may die of hunger, as appears from Aristotle's example of the greedy king who prayed that everything he touched should turn to gold, which the gods granted, and he perished of hunger, as the poets tell. For money does not directly relieve the necessities of life, But it's an instrument artificially invented for the easier exchange of natural riches. And it is clear without further proof the coin is very useful to the civil community and convenient or rather necessary to the business of the state as Aristotle proves in the fifth book of the ethics. Although Ovid says from earth we mine a source of future ill first iron and then gold more deadly still for that is caused by the perverse greed of wicked men. Not by money itself, which is a incon which uh, sorry, which is a convenience for human intercourse and whose use is, is essentially good. Whence Cassiodorus says however common money seems to us from our constant use of it, we should consider how good reason our forefathers had to amass it. And he says in another place that it is certain that moneyers were established for the particular use of the public. That is the end of chapter one. And I just want to say shout out to Guy Swan, who, uh, you know, he's just, he's reading articles, but he does it a lot smoother than I just did right there. So. <laughs> but I think it's, I think calling it the artificial riches is really, is really a good, uh, good kind of uh, another term for money. Because, like you said, you know, even using a gold standard, if you had gold, that was great. you couldn't eat it its value wasn't for building with it and and this stuff and it becomes more obvious with bitcoin since it is you know purely a digital thing Mm -hmm. you really can't do anything with it other than use it for exchanging your value there is no like first use case no commodity case for it so um it, it it's uh you know it's it's like we said a little bit before it's a way for society to show who has done provided the most value for everybody else uh because if you're producing things and trading things obviously the person with the most money will have been the one who contributed the most to society because people are, are trading with them
1: meaning uh, you are both winning in that transaction
0: right right
1: so you do so, a lot of winning you'll get a lot of money
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely or a lot of wealth, I should say. Right. So, you know, we're both into Bitcoin. And we talk about Bitcoin a lot. Maybe we kind of take it for granted. Because we, we like to say that Bitcoin is going to become money. Mm-hmm. And we say that it's it's the hardest, hardest uh, monetary asset out there. There's only ever going to be 21 million of them. And, and we can plan that out because we know the emission schedule of the Bitcoin. And it's also, you know, very, very, very hard to change that, and we know with, with fiat money that it's, it's just unbelievably easy for the people who control it to change the monetary, so the, the supply of the money, and even gold, as you look through it, through the history of it, um, even though it's the hardest money we've had, uh, not including Bitcoin, which is, you know, which is not money yet, which we'll get into. But even still, they were able to inflate it, whether they were doing that with fractional reserve banking or, as uh, what Erasmus talks about in Day Mineta a lot, is that they were uh, – the princes and the governments that were controlling the money tended to uh, do some clipping. Mm-hmm. or Shave just, off the edges. Right. Or uh, or they would re- re-mint coins, but when they did it, they would uh, use more alloys. Right, and so they didn't have as uh, as much gold in there, but they but they didn't tell the people that. But
1: it still so, eventually led to inflation.
0: Yes, yeah, so that was the inflation. Is that? Yep. Like uh, the price, everything. There was real trouble in Rome with mm-hmm. that. Right, and then and then the people who did figure that out, they would, you know, another. Th- <laughs> There's so many problems with that. Is that one of the things that Erasmus talks about is how the people who understood that they there wasn't as much gold in the coin but they were still calling it the same amount well they would go over to foreign lands and trade it there mm-hmm. and and get more money out of it because the people were ignorant of the uh, of the way they were minting the money and so that society <laughs> ended up losing a lot of their gold right because it incentivized people who were a little bit in the know to go trade it to to make a profit off it right for doing that um but one of the thing and and what makes you know taking another a step aside changing gears a little bit what makes Bitcoin so interesting is that it was it started about ten years ago and we now have the opportunity to watch it in real time monetize um, you know we we have a history of how the dollars and other fiat Uh, monies came into being but they weren't through market interventions they existed because they're they're pretty crummy forms of of money as any libertarian listening to this understands you're losing your value uh, every second that you hold it and uh, that only happens because you know governments force us to use their money we have to. We don't know exactly how gold monetized, as, as far as like having a history book of it. You as far collect.
1: as we know, I mean, right. it's been money for a long time.
0: Yeah, uh, and there's, you know, there's there's some history behind it, and you know, we, we have a pretty good idea. And, and Mises did a great job with the regression theorem to say that, hey, uh, at some point, it was used as, as a, as a commodity, and people were trading it. Before they were using it as, as a medium of exchange, but it's still not like, you know, this this clear cut case where we can say this is exactly what happened. Especially because it was happening across several societies that we see in different societies. We talked about the uh, the ray stones of of the island of Yap before, mm-hmm. how they use that as money, and we saw how glass
1: beads uh, and seashells right, and
0: yeah. yeah, and we can see how those those less sound monies are overtaken by the harder monies. Like gold, when, when someone else comes in, mm-hmm. you know, someone from Europe who they were using gold as money already come into these these other societies and just kind of <laughs> take advantage of the fact that they can uh, produce their monies pretty easily. Right. But uh, it gets talked a lot about, and I've, and I've come to, to realize a lot of people don't really understand. A lot of – one of these Bitcoiners talk about Bitcoin's monetization – they get confused and i wrote an article the other day about uh carl menger and about the monetization of bitcoin so we'll link to that in the show notes page because i was kind of going into it but i didn't really spend all that much time uh explaining the differences because for one we talk about money being a medium of exchange and we say bitcoin is a medium of exchange but then we say well in its monetization process it's not a medium of exchange yet and so you know it's reasonable for someone to be like, well, wait, you're saying two things at the same time. But there's a difference. We're trying to specify or, or uh, distinguish between the function of money as a medium of exchange versus its stage of monetization, which one of them is medium of exchange. So I don't know. Do you want to talk about – well, let's talk about the functions of money first. Now, we'll, well, yeah, like what makes a good money? Sure. So first of all, I will I will appeal to, to Carl Menger, who wrote a lot about this and who I, you know, was using for this article. But it's it's first and foremost has gotta be a medium of exchange. And that makes sense, right? Because money's gotta be the third thing that you use in, in indirect exchange. Right. Um so if if you can't like trade it again, then it's really not you <laughs> can't can't be money. It's not really holding well, yeah, right. Not even, yeah, so yeah, not
1: even there, yeah.
0: Right. And then down the line, uh, as something monetizes it, as something goes through its monetization, it takes on other functions, one of them being store of value, the other one being unit of account. And uh, we'll get into unit of account later on. That's just better to explain when we talk about the stages of monetization. But we can take, let's, let's say um, we have two things that, that might be used as two things in a society, two assets that might be used as money, both function just as well uh as a medium of exchange. They act as kind of the third thing for trade. Uh and they're and they're equal in every every sense of of their uh of their functions or, or properties, except one thing. Except one thing tends to be valuable more as time goes on. So it stores uh, wait, stores value better. What do you mean by that? By it, that, it it tends to be worth so more. So you say, you say you
1: have two things that are essentially the same in all their properties, but one will be worth more in the future. One, how do we know that? And like, well, do you have like some kind of example, or, or is this what you would you believe will be more valuable in the future? Maybe I'm picking being a little bit uh,
0: yeah. Well, let's, too it's,
1: much. It's, but but you can. I'm like, just like, saying
0: it's 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 uh uh asset A versus asset B. Right and you and think
1: all, you, uh, loses they,
0: value over time well, no no, no, not that they lose value over time, but one one uh is more difficult to uh to mine than the other, okay, and so you have less of it,
1: okay
0: over time, so let's say that that asset a is more difficult to mine and asset b is a little bit easier to mine, and so you would expect to have more uh. More of asset A or more of asset B as opposed to asset A in the future. So therefore, all else equal, the value of of A is going to be greater than asset B.
1: You assume so.
0: Right. And so we would say that asset A would be a better store of value. So what would you expect people to tend to adopt as money more? It would be asset A, right?
1: Um, I'm sorry. I, I have some noises in the background here that I keep muting my mic and unmuting my mic. So I apologize first. Um, secondly, no, wh- when you say money, you mean what you want to hold or what you want to spend?
0: Uh, no, well, what would, what wouldn't be, well, all right, I need to take a step back. Money is one thing. Money is the one thing that society uses, uh, yeah, I <laughs> we, I should have written written out in that line for this, because it is important to say that there's mm-hmm. a lot of people like to say that, oh, you can have multiple monies in this, society, right. which is not true at all. Right. Uh, the reason that that may have happened in society in the past is because the money that they were using had certain uh, qualities that made it not as efficient. But the best case scenario is a society uses one thing. uh because it makes economic calculation <clears throat> uh, a lot easier to do. Uh, if you've got multiple monies that you're using at the same time, they are going to have their values fluctuate against each other. And mm-hmm. it makes it very difficult to figure out profit and losses. Uh, a good example of this right now is we have com and we accept both U.S. dollars and Bitcoin. And uh, it's a pain in the butt <laughs> if you try to got to try to figure out like how much money you've made uh because the value some people pay in bitcoin, some people pay in dollars and the prices the the values okay. against each other fluctuate so uh it's really difficult and and we manage it because I you know we use some sort of you know just kind of assume, what I do is I just assume the value of the bitcoin at when it was sold to us and kind of use that in my little accounting that I do. Uh, is that the best way to do it? I don't know. I'm not an accountant. You probably have the. <laughs> it should. Put, I know you're not an accountant, Slappy, but you come from finance, so maybe. Sure. You, I get on that. Yeah, we're the wrong people doing the wrong jobs in this. Yeah, seriously. But we we've made a billion dollars in sales, so I guess we're not doing this
1: that. in the first six months this year, right? That doesn't include um, July, well, yeah, and August, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's that's gross, not net.
1: Okay. So, so there were, yeah, there was some expenses there.
0: Right. But, but money should be one thing. It really has to be one thing. Um, if you want to argue with us on what the Austrian economic economists have said in the past, you know, I can direct you to plenty of literature where they reference money being the one thing. So I don't want to spend too, too much time on that. Um, it's kind of interesting that that – is a question now that you can have multiple monies.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But I think I think I think we'll kinda answer that why because yeah, was talk- on. I was talking to someone and they were like, well they would they were trying to argue that Bitcoin is money. Right and now. So it yeah, and like, well it proves that, you know, we have dollars and we have Bitcoin, so it proves you can have multiple monies. Right. And it's like, well well no, if you go by kind of uh the way that we describe how something monetizes that bitcoin is not yet money you know it, unless it people problems, i mean but if you're making er- a
1: yeah if you're making a living and only accepting bitcoin um you're if you want to buy anything you're probably gonna have to change it to us dollars
0: somewhere along the line right unless you happen to find someone who is willing to barter with you in every case, and yeah, it's, it's – but it, it, it's very, very difficult. It's very difficult, and so that's why it doesn't make sense to have multiple monies. And anyway, right. if you did have a society that tried to use multiple monies, one thing – because everything has different properties, one thing would tend to, to uh, serve the purposes or the functions of money the best. And so people would tend to use that one thing, and if right. you always have to exchange into that one – money then what's the purpose of holding everything else right of anything else because you know that that's what people want to accept but again i know we're jumping all over the place and hopefully this isn't too confusing but we'll kind of talk about this kind of thing as we go through uh the monetization process so um yeah so back to the example of asset a versus asset b Uh, asset a is the one that's a little bit more difficult to mine as opposed to asset B, and that's really the only difference between the two. Uh, and, and we'll also, for the sake of this discussion, say that you can tell the two apart. It's not impossible to tell the two since I'm saying they have – their uh, their properties are the same otherwise. So, because you would have uh, less of, of A than B, then – I'd rather
1: have A. Right. I know that in the future. So if it's easier to mine B, more people will be mining it because it's cheaper to mine it. When we say easier, whatever, it's probably less expensive to mine, more right. people could go into that if they wanted to, which would uh inflate it. So I'd rather have the one that's harder to mine.
0: Right. And this is where you can apply uh Gresham's and and Thiers' law a little bit. So Gresham's law is that uh well, it's it's
1: bad money drives out good money.
0: Yes, that's under the uh, under the condition that a state exists with legal tender.
1: Yeah, and we see this when the U.S. I guess it's the yeah they stopped minting silver coins.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, those silver coins went out of circulation pretty quickly. People would save them and and spend the coins that were made out of whatever they're made out of today. Um, like your quarters, half dollars, silver dollars, which are no sure. longer silver. So people would save the silver. And um, I know my grandparents saved a ton of silver coins. My dad's got a ton of silver coins. I never get them in my change. I've gotten a few in my life, um, and I haven't had one in over 10 years because I remember the last time I got one. So, uh, you know, and, of course, part of that is those coins are old, but people saved the silver and spent the
0: alloys that that were being made right and then the opposite of that is Thiers law or tears law that says kind of good money drives out bad and it it seems like it's a contradiction but it's really not because in the case of something like bitcoin versus the us dollar people are going to uh the good money in bitcoin people are going to demand it as payment and try to sell off their their fiat their us dollars and so that's going to drive down the price while driving up the price of bitcoin
1: well, and that's again, why, I mean, that's kind of, it's like the, uh, I'm not the expert on this, so it might be misspeaking, but it's kind of like what happened with the silver because people wanted to hold the silver because they thought it would be more valuable in the future as opposed right. to these alloys. So they wanted to hold on to them. It's not like, you know, all those silver coins got lost in the couch cushions and whatever. I mean, people held them and purposely didn't change it, you know, go to the coin counter to change it to dollars unless at some point they, they had to sell silver or whatever the case is. But a lot of people held on to those silver coins because, um, you know, they don't really want to save the quarter. It loses value over time. The new quarter,
0: right? So, and again, so so. Hopefully, hopefully you're not totally confused. Yeah. At this point, uh, because uh, and we'll go over it briefly that money has three basic main functions. It is a medium of exchange. It is a store of value. And is it a unit of account. And again, we're kind of delaying unit of account, although we, we, we touched on it a little bit when we talked about trying to uh, figure out prop, profit and losses and the difficulty it is when you're when you're trying to manage multiple uh, monies or currencies that you're dealing with. And it also just just this is an, not on the side, but talk about a little bit more that it makes international trade a little bit more difficult when when, you know, say you're you're trading with the Chinese and uh you gotta you gotta exchange your what's it the UN they use or yeah. something yeah Jan. yeah you the yuan yeah uh, so you've got to exchange your dollars for the yuan and vice versa and it, and it just adds another layer of of uh, difficulty it, it's it's not necessarily inexpensive in the sense that you when you ex- make that exchange you're probably paying someone a fee to do that so it just makes it more difficult I mean just just use a little bit of common sense and if you can remove steps from you trying to do something, it makes life a lot easier. So I think now we can try to kind of transition into the stages of monetization because I think people get confused a little – well, not confused, but uh, when they talk about a gold standard um, and why gold has value that – it seems to be the way they talk about it it almost implies that, that someone just kind of found a piece of gold and said hey let's just use this as money and it's not the case at all because gold was no i don't know i don't know the exact numbers but gold was known by man for you know a time i don't know how long but a time before it became money mm-hmm. used as money but how could it go from just like digging it out of the ground and finding it to being like, oh hey, we should use this as the third thing, as something that we can we can use as the as as a way to indirectly trade for the things we need, and use this gold as a way to signify uh, who has value, you know, who who's brought a lot of value, and if I trade my wheat for your gold, that I know that I could trade my gold for. Uh, you know, a pair of pants. So do you have any, any thoughts on, on what happened? Why, why, what, what step there was between those two things? Do I have thoughts on it? Yeah, uh, I,
1: sure. I think a guy found a gold nugget and took it to and said, I'll trade you this for a cow.
0: Sure. So why? No, did... of
1: course not. No. Um. Yeah. I mean, you, you want it, you, they, they wanted to trade for something that could be useful or, or needed or, it's like you said, that third third thing. So if I have cows and you have chickens and you can't trade one cow for – I mean you could trade one cow for one chicken, but it's probably – the guy with the cow would probably think that wasn't really a fair trade. So he might want 40 chickens, but he might not have a need for 40 chickens, and you can't chop up his cow. So we have to go to something that other people will demand. Right. Now, how this gold – how did it – I mean I imagine people were collecting it, mm-hmm. holding it. Keeping it, maybe it was shiny, maybe it was used as jewelry. Uh, it's small, or it could be small and valuable in small sizes. Uh, people were probably using it as ornaments, like earrings, necklaces, uh, decorations, and it became somewhat universal. And people needing that, wanting it, collecting it, and having it on hand, and so then it became tradable.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Uh, there's a great piece, and I'll link to this in the show notes page. Uh- Shelling it's called shelling out by Nick Zabo, that talks about how things like gold and, and other things that were used as money first had this kind of like ornamental or collectible value, uh, almost like heirlooms that uh, people could could kind of make stuff. Show, it showed it, it was useful. Something...
1: It was something nice, you know. You could
0: yeah, and it was something that couldn't be made real easily. Something that obviously took some time to make. Something that the people who had it um, assigned some value to it, right? And kind of, you know, and and gold, you know, humans tend to like things that are pretty, <laughs> and so gold was something that most yeah. people, you know, like the look of, like, you know, to wear it, like you said, use it as jewelry, uh, maybe make cups out of it, and and it showed, and since it was difficult to come by, and it was also.
1: Especially if you think of primitive time. I mean, it's pretty malleable. It's easy to.
0: Right. You can shape uh, it. Shape it. So it was probably useful for several things. Mm-hmm. And so if you had, you know, gold cups or, or earrings or, or anything else, um, you know, other people tended to want that. Uh, yeah, it doesn't tarnish. It's. Sure. It's useful metal. Yeah. And so because other people kind of wanted it, you can see kind of where we're going to the next stage of of it being a store of value. Uh and I kinda kinda alluded to this with the talking about it as being like a family heirloom. It's something that you pass down across your generations. Uh you wouldn't just pass something down because it, it didn't wasn't valuable to you, right? Right. Um it it, it has some value assigned to it. And that's so, a- Yeah, go ahead. And that doesn't necessarily mean that anything that has value to you is going to have value to other people. Uh, there's certainly things in my family or that I own that has a certain sentimental value to me that is absolutely worthless to someone else. Um, but like we're saying, people tended to like, you know, wearing gold as jewelry or, or using it for, for, for whatever reason. Um, those family heirlooms kind of became valuable. And they could be used to uh, to to trade a little bit like hey, if you didn't have uh, if you were trying to make a deal with someone and uh, you, you know you didn't have uh, I don't know let's say you're a farmer and you're producing a lot of wheat, and the other person was a farmer too that you were making a trade with for for a big a big trade. And they also farmed wheat. They're like, well, I don't need your wheat necessarily. And, and it's probably – even if I did take your wheat knowing that other people were going to want it, it's probably – I'm probably not going to be able to sell it quickly enough or trade it quickly enough before it spoils. So I want something else that uh, – It's going to retain gonna value. And so they might say, oh, well, hey, let me let me get some of your earrings or something. Let me get that uh, family heirloom. And if it was worth it um, – then they'd, make, then they'd make the deal and and again zabo talks about this in shelling out how he talks about dowries uh when uh women were you know there's a when a family gives their daughter up for marriage uh the groom's family usually had to like give some sort of payment for it and since you know marriage was a valuable thing they ended up uh giving away some you know, whether it was cattle which, not ironically, was used for money by some societies mm-hmm. and other things like family heirlooms. So, um, as people start to see the value of of these items like gold, and and we'll transition back to Bitcoin, um, because we're seeing that's what we're saying that we're uh, the stage that we're in right now is the store of value stage. Is that people people see that there's a uh, or speculate? That the value is going to be worth a lot more than it is in the future. I mean, it, worked it worth will a lot be more, more in the future, future than it is than now. It is today, right. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so so with something like gold, people recognize that it had kind of a universal value, and that someone was always going to want it, and so if they held on to it they were going to be able to uh to use it in the future for something that, that they uh they needed. Uh it was a, it was a great way to kinda, well, what's the purpose of money? The purpose of money is to uh deal with future uncertainty. So, if you if you had something that you believed was going to still be valuable in the future, especially if it was appreciating in value in the future, then uh, then you know it could be then it's worthwhile to to hold Mm -hmm. on to to keep keep it and hold it if it's going to be worth more right but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be money right there even if everyone kind of wants it um, there needs to be another stage of this uh, of this process and that's where we get to the stage of widespread use And, and again this is all kind of I forgot to mention earlier the each stage you have to preference it with saying widespread use of. So widespread use as a collectible, then widespread use as a store of value. And then now for medium exchange, the widespread use is being a medium of exchange. So we kind of already established in the beginning that it has to be, to be able to be used as a medium of exchange at, uh, basically from square one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so like a uh, you know uh picasso painting uh isn't really a good medium exchange because there's only one of it <laughs> and so can't really divide it up yeah yeah destroy its value yeah but gold you can divide it uh you can you can verify what it is it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to do but bitcoin you know obviously there's 21 million of them but you can divide them into uh into a hundred million parts, into a hundred million Satoshi's per Bitcoin. Uh, so that that solves that you know problem, like the obvious obvious nature of of the difference between like gold and Bitcoin and a Picasso. Mm-hmm. But uh, so what happens when when people continue to demand um, this one thing to store their value? Uh, this and uh, let me try to say this well people are all demanding one thing is payment um it means that in order to get what you want you're going to have to trade that too so we see bitcoin in this uh kind of medium or uh, sorry in the store of value stage right now is its it, is it Fiat and dollars are still strong enough that you can trade them back and forth and people are willing to accept them. Like at Liberty Mugs, we accept dollars. We're happy to take your fiat money in exchange for mugs. Uh, but what happens uh, – but we also you know, are more than happy to accept Bitcoin. And uh, at, one, at some point, as Bitcoin appreciates in value more and the dollar loses its value – There's going to come a point where people aren't going to – there's going to be a premium you have to pay in order to – for someone to accept the weaker asset. So if we – let's say we sell a mug for uh, – let's not use Liberty Mugs. I don't want people getting the wrong idea of what our prices are. But let's say you're selling shirts and you sell a shirt for $10 each. And you sell, you know, you're willing to sell the equivalent shirt for $10 worth of Bitcoin. But if you expect that the dollar is going to be losing its value so much that in order for you to accept dollars, you're going to then charge $11 uh, for the shirt. But still only $10 worth of Bitcoin because you expect the appreciation versus the depreciation of Bitcoin versus the, the U.S. dollars. So there's going to become... Uh, that difference in in the price, and that's just going to get worse and worse until the point that people are just not going to accept the dollars anymore, the weaker monetary asset. Um, And so you reach this point where the only way that you can make trade is that you have to give up the thing that you're demanding in, in payment as well. Uh, And that's when you have the widespread medium of exchange because that's what's being traded uh, among people. It's the only thing that people are going to accept as payment because now it is the most liquid liquid thing. The thing that you know, if you have it, that you know you're going to be able to trade to get something else that you need. Because if the dollars are losing their value so much, you know that it's going to be – if you accept dollars in payment for something, you know it's going to be really, really difficult you to trade them for someone else and if you do find someone by the time you trade those before just because it's it's losing its value so much does that make sense slappy
1: yeah except for you kind of broke up about 10 seconds ago ah uh, do you know <laughs> it went like totally blank but it, yeah um no i know what you're saying
0: do you remember what I was in the middle of in case – I don't know if the recording
1: – Yeah, I don't know if the recording picked it up or not. Um. Uh, you were you were talking about uh, y- knowing that um, people will accept your Bitcoin for trade, You know, so you'll want to demand Bitcoin more than the U.S. dollars because it will be harder to find someone to trade U.S. dollars with, and uh, then it started cutting out.
0: Okay, yeah, that's basically the – the main gist of what i was saying yeah the rest was kind of just whatever um yeah and just sort of reiterate that that's that's the point where it's the widespread medium of exchange because you have people people demanding bitcoin or gold or whatever else we're saying is monetizing uh and not accepting anything else and so that's when it becomes kind of the one thing and then from that You know, that last stage, the unit of account, is that that's what everything is – you stop – if Bitcoin becomes money, you stop putting prices in dollars. You start putting prices in Bitcoin Um, because that's where, it, you know, it it makes it a lot easier to –
1: Right. Instead of buying a cup of coffee for a dollar, you'll buy it for three Satoshi or whatever the
0: case is. Right. Right. Uh, because that's what everyone's trading in, so you wouldn't that's that would assume that would take over as the uh, in in the pricing system. And so that's what everyone talks. That's what everyone trades in. It makes it a lot easier to to do economic calculation as opposed to if you were trying to, I don't know, let's say you're gonna you're gonna build a house and some people priced the guy who sold you, sells you the bricks sells them in in bitcoin but then another competitor from him sells them in dollars and so it's not necessarily straightforward to know who you're getting the better deal from uh maybe the guy who sells lumber sells it in in dollars too Mm -hmm. and a guy who sells concrete sells it in bitcoin so if you're trying to estimate how much it costs to build this house It's very difficult to do or it adds another step and it adds a way that depending on who you're who you're buying what from, it's going to make the price fluctuate a little bit. So when you just have the single unit of account, everyone selling and buying everything in Bitcoin, it makes it that much uh, that much easier to figure out. All right. What exactly is it going to cost me to do this? And then based on how much you've spent on it and how much. Uh, labor you put into it and when you go to sell it you can actually figure out whether you made a profit or not right let's let's say you uh you you had bitcoin and dollars and gold we'll add another thing in there just to show that the more you add the more really difficult it becomes so you've got three different assets that you're trying to price things in all fluctuating against each other in their own ways imagine trying to figure out you know in the beginning You know, you spent three Bitcoin, uh, $200,000 and uh, let's say a pound of gold and you end up with five Bitcoin, uh, $10,000 and a pound and a half of gold. (laughs) What's a better deal? (laughs) Right. Yeah. It it adds it adds layers that make it confusing and difficult. So, uh, you know. World's a little bit better off just using that one thing. So,
1: uh, and it makes sense to do that for, you know, there's like you're saying, there's costs to using different money. Um, it's well, just more efficient to have one, it's easier to trade with one. Yeah. And I mean, that's why we'll move toward that.
0: Yeah. I mean, we we can look at the uh, the SAI pencil and see that like all this economic calculation happens without someone having to uh to kind of oversee it it all happens naturally happens but can you imagine how much more difficult it would be and how much more expensive a pencil might be if you're if you're having to use a lot of different, different things that are money and and yes of course right now there's a there's probably international trade that goes on using different monetary standards to make that pencil But again, it adds a layer of friction. It's it's another cost
1: because when you buy something in Europe and, you you know, it's a seller in Europe and you're spending, you go to PayPal and spend dollars, there's someone trading those dollars for euros or whatever. It's not like or they're accepting the US dollars, but it it doesn't happen magically is there has to be a buyer and seller, which is where the price comes from between the two currencies. Um, So that's another cost involved there. Mm
0: hmm. Yeah.
1: Perhaps. I don't know. I I don't I kind of got sidetracked in in my head on where I was going with that. But it's not, not like when you buy something for euros and you use your PayPal and dollars come out of your bank account, those dollars get sold to someone for euros, you know, we we don't see it happening, it's happening behind the scenes. So it feels like you're spending your dollars for something in Europe, but some someone was taking those dollars and trading them for euros and giving them to the merchant who was accepting euros for whatever he was selling to you. Um, it's just a, it's another layer, it's another added cost in doing business.
0: And it, and it probably doesn't seem like a big because I know it is for me. I've I've you know we live in a world of international trade and, yeah. and who knows where we're buying stuff from? And it's not a big deal for you just buying things every once in a while. But if you're trying to if you're a business And you're trying to buy and sell
1: different countries and
0: different currencies and it makes it difficult if you don't put it all in one unit of account, especially with
1: large deals. And some money is more stable than others and you don't know what the price is. You know, you have to you have to make a judgment on how much your money is going to be worth tomorrow Mm -hmm. when you make a huge deal today.
0: Um which wouldn't happen if there was one money. Yep. So again, just to to kind of review, because I know we were kinda of, we're kinda of jumping around a lot. And it's and it's not the most straightforward thing to understand anyway. I know it took me a while to, to try to figure this out. And even though I'm pretty confident I have a pretty good understanding of it, it's sure. still difficult to, to try to explain it right well off the top of your head. So sure. Uh, the three functions of money are that is a medium of exchange, a store of value, and mm, uh, a yeah. unit of account. And then similarly named but different in their applications is the stages of monetization where you have something that is widely used as a collectible, widely used as a store of value, then widely used as a medium of exchange, and then widely used… As a unit of account. And we can also interchangeably use the word universally uh, instead of widely used. Universally is probably easier to understand. Uh, and when we say that, again, should have mentioned this earlier, but uh, that just means across the society. So mm-hmm. you can have, you know, uh, it only makes sense that you would have a global monetary standard when there's international trade happening. Right. Yeah, you know, we're so connected by, by the internet that it makes it really easy to uh, to exchange things back and forth, but if you've got some island that that doesn't have the internet and kind of just does their own thing, then you would expect them to have their own monetary standard independent of everybody else. Because and they're, they're not, not partaking in the market. Right, just like global market. Just like when we talked about earlier with the yapstones and the seashells and everything that they had their own You know monetary standards because they weren't interacting with other people as soon as they did start interacting with other people then the harder money overtook them right right as opposed although you know the other cases in a and that's that's with the natural money a market money obviously with uh with governments involved and and force and fiat you know that standard can be achieved through violence but obviously that's not what we're going for we want to. We want the markets to decide these things, and so it makes sense that the the hardest asset, the thing that best serves as as money, the best tool for that job, is the one that's going to win out. So, I don't know. Uh,
1: I mean, no, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I I think we accomplished what we want. Kind of a little over the place. Hopefully, yeah. it was easy to
0: follow. Well, it's 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 tough because it, it, like these things. That's the other point that should be made. These things don't happen like independently of each other. It's all all these all these ass, all these things are kind of happening together. Uh, there's kind of you know they're like we said before. There's some there might be some people out there that that live their entire lives in Bitcoin, and they are able to use it as a unit of account. But obviously, that's not a universal thing yet. Um, there's people that are that are using, and and they're also not not only using it as a, a unit of account, but also obviously as a medium of exchange, and that's what they use. And uh, so, it's got to function as it goes through these stages. It's got to function as the thing, as the stage before it. So, yeah. if you're being widely used as a medium of exchange, then you you have to be being widely used as a, as a store of value. But the opposite's not necessarily true so you could be universally or nearly or, or or reaching the point of universal use as a store of value but not quite yet as a unit of account uh or uh, sorry a medium of exchange because the market isn't such that uh the other the current money isn't weak enough yet that it would not be demanded yet right uh, so it's it's kind of it's a pretty complex system that's going on and uh, you know, you can't expect it to just be like this kind of very linear thing. It's kind of grabbing different people and places and, and things as it, as it kind of moves along like this big globular thing that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So, um, you know, obviously if if you want to dig deeper into this, uh, well, one—if you have any questions, if it, if anything was kind of confusing, anyone pick our brains. Just you know, DMs are always open on Twitter. You can email us. Sliding his DM. Oh yeah, I'm more than happy to talk about it. Uh, questions are great because we might circle back and and kind of talk about the questions specifically. It's a lot easier to stay on stay on a topic when you're when you're talking uh, answering a specific thing. Uh, but also always recommended is the Bitcoin standard that is a, that is an excellent book talking about Bitcoin and how it's going to monetize also the uh, and the aforementioned uh, ethics of money production and Day Uh I you know I'm about half with you daonada it's not that dif- long of a read actually um, I have not
1: read it but maybe I will
0: yeah but what, I, what I've read so far I think it's I think it's worth the read um, so I don't know, Sappy. you have anything else you want to talk about on that front? No, I think we covered plenty. All right. Uh, we didn't talk about this. Free market story? Yeah. What do you got? Um, I, do you have one? Uh, I'm trying to think of one.
1: Yeah, well, one is you have governments forcing people to use different monies and the market comes up with a way to trade anyway.
0: There you go. Perfect. There it Thanks. is. Bitcoin fixes that.
1: Fixes that, right?
0: Fixes a lot of stuff. Yep. So, ah, nice and easy, short and quick. There it and, is. Uh, we can get you to watch your uh, your football game without. Oh, you might have missed the uh, kickoff oh, and maybe. Starting Although, right now. Yeah, I was I was gonna say you're probably actually watching it right now. It
1: is on in the background. Well, it's okay. you know the game today hasn't started yet. We're waiting for this kickoff.
0: Okay. So uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up right now. McFlugel.com slash 160 is the show notes page. We'll link to a lot of the stuff we talked about, uh, including my article, some of the articles we mentioned, and also the books. So uh, I think that's it. Anything cool. else, Slappy? Yeah, got nothing. All right. No Irish. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Peace.